Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Slayer Lair. On today's episode, we will be talking about episode one, the Buffy premiere. Welcome to the Hellmouth. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda Kelly. I'm Jen Rath. And I'm Chris Rath. And buckle up for one wild fucking ride. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, we figured that we would get together, make a podcast, figuring that this time in the history of the world, there'll be a lots of uh, mediocre to good podcasts that will kind of pop up. And uh, we thought that we would kind of jump on that wagon and start it off with one of our favorite shows here. Um, We'll be getting together to talk about the episodes, talk about fun facts about the episodes, and just general kind of wisecracks about the fashion, the writing, the fight scenes, and everything in between. I'm Amanda. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen. I have only watched Buffy once when it was actually on TV. Any of the episodes that I've seen more than once would have been just when like reruns were showing. So a lot of this was surprising to me and I remember a lot and I definitely did not remember how creepy it is. So I'm excited to unpack that here with all of you. <laughs> My name is Chris and I have seen the episodes many times and after watching the episodes, enough cross-referenced watched them with angel and then after that got old i bought the graphic novel series to continue the story of buffy and so i remembered much of both episodes there were no surprises for me um except for maybe how rapey it was was surprising i guess i was i managed to block that out for a long time apparently but that was yes. Um, and yeah, I feel like I have, I already have a lot of connection to where these characters are going and what plot lines are coming up. So that should make an interesting distinction. Yeah. Every episode, we're going to talk about um, a different episode in the season. We're going to go through them sequentially and um, except this first episode, which is our kickoff episode. Um, and John thought it would be a good idea if we watched the first two episodes since it's a to-be-continued cliffhanger, two-parter, two-for-one. Um, we're going to talk about both today. Back when this originally aired in 97, they showed each, both episodes, one after another, on the same, on the same night. So, yeah, it seemed, seemed appropriate. Kick it off just like Joss Whedon intended. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, starting this show and, like, you've never, it's brand new, you've never seen anything like it on TV before, and it's, like, two hours, <laughs> like, sitting and watching it for two hours. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty, it's, really it's pretty dark, <laughs> so I didn't see, like, what time slot it was on, but I felt like this had to be something that played at, like, nine. It was on <laughs> prime time. It was prime time. Oh, so that's like if, seven? Or? At least it was prime time when after Willow like comes out as gay. 
because they were the first lesbian couple. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I guess we should preface, we should preface and say that this show will be full of spoilers. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I guess maybe not for someone who wants, who's never ever seen Buffy before and wants to follow <laughs> <laughs> spoilers <laughs> for everyone um yeah so I remember I actually remember liking the Buffy movie a lot actually when I was a kid and um I kind of had to think about how the fact that you know the way that Joss Whedon wanted or apparently the way that he intended on the movie being was just like a lot darker but the fact that I liked it as a kid meant that it is not scary at all (laughs) it must be it's just like some bubblegum movie I really don't remember it at all I remember she like drives away out of the gym on a motorcycle and that she was a cheerleader a valley girl cheerleader and that's all I really remember um but I do remember liking the movie uh, which was so Joss Whedon wrote the movie in 92, so five years before the TV show started. Did you guys see the movie? I don't think I, I never saw, saw the movie. movie. No. I didn't get into no. Buffy until I was, I mean, I'm, I know we watched it when it was on, but I don't remember that. I only remember watching it as an adult. And then I read that Joss Whedon was like not happy with how the movie turned out. It's not what he envisioned and that's why he created the show so like out of respect to Joss Whedon I never went back and watched his movie after that it seems like she was much more um like painted as a bimbo type character and Joss Whedon usually does a pretty good job of having badass strong female characters so I feel like that was not the representation that he really wanted it was just whatever the movie people wanted was this like blonde cheerleader, valley girl, bimbo, and not the total badass that Buffy is in the show. So I have not seen it. I don't think I will. No, yeah. I haven't seen it. Maybe we should do an episode about it because I definitely haven't seen it. This was just a show that I feel like was on the background of my <laughs> life. It's like it would come on UPN 44, like at the babysitter's house. That was like the only channel that you were <laughs> like allowed to watch while we like played. And so it was more like exposure just through it being a part of like the 90s culture and then revisiting it kind of like as an adult of, <clears throat> you know, I remember this show and like totally not expecting to <laughs> still be <laughs> The second time around, it's adult. Um, so yeah, but the movie seems like something that we should all watch it together. We should do like a movie night. We should definitely watch it. It's, I mean, yeah, I think doing an episode on the movie mm-hmm. is a good idea. It's super fun. It's just really campy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like Christy was saying, the Joss Whedon was really unhappy with the movie. Um, okay, do you have any idea what Joss Whedon was up to? between making Buffy the movie and making Buffy the show. No, <laughs> well, what was he doing between 1992 and 1997? He... I assume, like, voting for Bill Clinton or Dude, we'll never know, I guess, really. Um, he wrote the screenplay for Toy Story 
in 95. Uh, wait, what? Yeah. Wait, are you for real? Yeah. He wrote hell no screenplay. He was a ghostwriter on a lot of shit, I thought. Right? He did hella. He also, yeah, he also wrote the screenplay for Alien Resurrection, which comes out <laughs> the same year, 97, as this, Please. as Buffy's Tired. So. <laughs> yeah, so he's done, oh my gosh, everything. Um, but we won't let this turn into a total Whedon fangirl podcast, even though I think at some points it probably will turn into that. But if you didn't know you were a fan of his, you are. If you either like alien movies or cartoons. And like yeah. Toy Story, like he's probably had a like, hand by far. Yeah. yeah. If you remember the 90s. <laughs> You're a fan. You're a fan. Yeah. Um, also, I'm pretty sure that he wrote, and I'm not sure if wrote and directed, but the the Age of Ultron um, Avengers movie. <laughs> so, I'll have to fact check wow. that, but I'm like pretty positive that, um, yeah, that he, that he, he wrote that. is basically the overlord that is crafting art, the simulation yeah. that we exist in, cool is that. what you're saying. Is what it sounds like. He writes great yeah. arcs. Yeah, so I feel like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Wow. He's a fucking genius. Holy shit. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, oh, are we swearing? Are we allowed to like swear? We're gonna have to. Yes, I think that this we is swearing. Are, okay. Yeah, I think that okay, we're cool. gonna be whatever R rated or whatever. More than one F I feel like most people that are gonna want to listen to this are above the age of eighteen. Yeah, no one under eighteen knows. <laughs> yeah, I feel otherwise, like they don't know. They don't, they don't know, know yeah. what Buffy is. Yeah, and yeah. they would probably not be able to get down. The yeah, CGI. even just the picture quality. The picture quality when I brought up the first episode was like, oh my god. And I know it gets better after that. But it was rough. That was a rough five seconds yeah. adjusting. Yeah, I have a few um like quotes that Joss Whedon had uh said about Buffy so Whedon said that he wanted to subvert the idea and create someone who was a hero so Joss Whedon was subverting our expectations even back in the 90s about what a hero is and he said that the very first mission statement of the show was the joy of female power Having it, using it, sharing it. Oh, bye. Mm-hmm, which I think is just like a nice lens to you know, kind of like watch the show through. I mean, that's something that we'll kind of just like revisit is this mission statement of Buffy. Can you say it one more time? Yeah, I'm going to read it one more time. So the mi- mission statement of the show was the joy of female power. Having it, using it, sharing it. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's talk about the episode and see how how that age <laughs> and uh, <laughs> especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. I won't jump ahead. I won't jump ahead. <laughs> so we have the Welcome to Hellmouth, which is the first episode, which is just an awesome title. I think it really sets up the darker theme of the show compared to the movie. Um, and the director of the episode was Charles Martin Smith, who directed Airbud. So, oh my god, <laughs> wonderful! <laughs> Another massive. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of quality happening here. 
and okay do you have so can i just say yes. one thing about the episode one title <laughs> which i did not realize of course i don't remember the episode title yeah. um so when it popped up on my hulu i was like wow they really went zero to 100 <laughs> with that title but i was kind of like hellmouth is such a weird phrase it like for some reason it immediately makes me think of my vagina yeah <laughs> that was like my first thought I know, such a weird so i had to look it up because i was like where does this phrase come from it's so weird i've heard it. i feel like we've heard it in other shows like since then like sabrina other like esoteric like satanic kind of references to it and it's like one so i looked word. it up online it's one word um so i looked it up online and i guess it's from medieval mystery or miracle play um representing the entrance to hell as gaping jaws sometimes <laughs> with sometimes with moving joints of a monster resembling a whale dude it <laughs> so, still sounds so like then, a pussy <laughs> it still sounds point. like it definitely still does and so then i was like what the fuck is a miracle play <laughs> and i felt really disappointed with myself considering how much we love medieval um time period and renaissance and things like that so i had to look that up too fun fact a miracle play aka a saint play presents real or fictitious accounts of the life miracles or martyrdom of the saint so just to brush up on your medieval knowledge we can whip that phrase out next time we go any type of medieval An old miracle play <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah we'll, we'll look like we know our shit yeah. so the harvest is the title for the second episode and that one is directed by john t kretschmer and he directed some episodes of charmed and then later some veronica mars shows Perfect. Yeah, I thought we that would get to know that our directors a little bit. Um, but yeah, and then I feel like it like really gets into it right away with this like janky beginning like movie trailer. Okay, wait, yeah, like paint us a picture, Jen, of like since you had seen it since it came out. And this was your first time like delving back <laughs> in and i can't imagine that you delve that you've been watching many other shows from 1997 recently so from that and then also from it being buffy like what was your what was your experience going into the first episode okay so it reminded me a lot of this like zombie movie that i made in high school with my friends oh my God. <laughs> and, um, especially just like the random imagery is just like a skull and like everything was just really dirty and you had that weird blue lighting kind of <laughs> and, and then it was just like weird low spooky talking and I didn't write down what the spooky talking is <laughs> it definitely was a movie trailer like <laughs> okay in every generation yeah there is a chosen one she is the slayer <laughs> <laughs> it was so 90s insane <laughs> for a second there i thought the first episode wouldn't have the uh, music me too i forgot it comes later and then i was like I was why so are glad there two <laughs> and then in the <laughs> second the episode it happened again and i was like dude we haven't gotten over so christy how long does do they do these two intros is it the whole time wait 
what do you mean there were two intros? Did they you have the movie? The movies. Yeah. Okay. The, like, with the, and, yeah, and that. Kind oh, of has and then the it speaking, plays some, and then, and then it, it plays the... the music. Yeah, the theme okay. song by Nerf Herder. God, <laughs> Nerf Herder slides in. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually <laughs> looked that up too. Yes. What is that? It's the band. Yeah. That made Santa Barbara shout out. Yeah. The Santa Barbara yeah. band that made. I guess it's an actual band that made the intro and that. That was their one hit. Yeah. Wonder was the intro to Buffy. Yeah. And they put that fucking witch music over it, dude. So I think they do that intro. I kind of forgot about that. I was so distracted by how much that witch noise annoys me. <laughs> that I like completely <laughs> forgot that they do that two intro thing. And I think maybe they do it for kind of a long time, actually. It might be the entire first season. I could be wrong. <laughs> but in my, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it goes on for at least a whole season, maybe for the first before they drop it i do yes. yeah i, think I feel it like it goes on like for kind of an hour yeah i think it was like because i remember when in the rewatch like being relieved when they finally didn't do it anymore i was yeah like, i get it yeah totally. Chosen one. Totally. <laughs> oh my gosh okay wow so it's a while cool <laughs> yeah. yeah it was it's really off-putting and then something I, <laughs> yeah oh my god okay wait so oh wait i don't want to jump ahead well okay so do you think buffy's her real name like is that on her birth yes. certificate it's not short yeah. or anything like what would it be short for like buff tina yeah buffalina <laughs> i think it's just buffy. Buffalina. Buffalina. Like, is, that, is, is that a name like are other people named buffy <laughs> It's like a name I... for a cat, dude. Like, it's not a human <laughs> name. I guess I don't know anyone named Buffy. Like, I've met adult women named Barbie, which I thought was weird. But, like, at least that is a human being with that name that I had met. I've never met a human being named Buffy. They There's have that. to be out there after the show. Like, well, they have yeah, to be out there. Different. I don't think before the show. Which no, I don't think that's Yeah. Buffy. We should look up. We should figure out why. We should look up why. Yeah. Because that. Okay. Yeah. Buffy is a pet form of the female given name of Elizabeth. Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> wow. That is some British shit right there. <laughs> yeah. That is British. I guarantee you. That's pretty. Okay. Crazy. Does that? Do you think anyone calls Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> no, dude. Um, <laughs> she. They call her um, Libby. Lib- Lizzie. No. Wait. Li- Lizbeth. Lizbeth. Yes. Lizbeth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. The first shot of the whole show. Do you guys remember what it was? Uh, yeah, that rapey leather jacket guy, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> no, before that, before that, it was Sunnydale in the library. Yeah. This so was the oh, very yeah. first shot, shot for like... the whole show. And then we see the. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like not only is he a rapey guy he's like he's like the guy who never left his hometown he's like i went to school here or i graduated from here and like now i'm my date here to like yeah, i don't school. understand so he i thought he was so he's not in high school anymore he's not even in high school Dude. he's like i used to go here so he is older than high school he is that guy i did Okay, I didn't catch that because I definitely saw them and I was like typical 90s with like 30 year olds who are like, I'm in high school. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm dude. 60. 
Okay, so like, I'm a 30 year old and I like, and now I'm like, yeah, taking my date to high school because there's a view you wouldn't believe from like the roof above the gym of or the something. high school of the high school, <laughs> of a two story high school. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I will say we have our first vampire sighting. Two minutes. 28 seconds into the first episode. Nice. Thanks, Justin. She's a vampire. I literally and... gasped at the reveal. Nice. Was... Was... I had freaking completely nice. forgotten. And when her, her face turns, I was just like, because <gasps> I immediately was typing, like, this rapey guy. What the fuck? Tip time time. And all of a sudden, he ended up being the one that was victimized, dude. Yeah. And I, I feel like that was how the gossip trying to, like, that's what he wanted the Buffy movie to be all along. He definitely, like, immediately in the episode cast a, like, ditzy, blonde, damsel in distress character and then turns the tables. Like Amanda said, like, two minutes into the episode is like, no, this is, I mean, it's a vampire murdering somebody, but it's also woman empowerment and it's, like, <laughs> turning the table. And that is amazing. I loved it. Her, I'm glad that it was a reveal for face, you. Her vampire Dude. face was so scary. It looked like <laughs> that like squished puppet face that I have. <laughs> I actually really love how terrifying. These are not sexy vampires. This like is not interview. This is not interview with a vampire. This is not Edward. You you want some vampire? This is what they look like. They're hideous. They look like weird Vulcan crossed with like a frog face like, yes. crossed with like like Benedict Cumberbatch on a good day, like really <laughs> fucked up, like super terrifying face. It was amazing. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the vampires. I was scared. I wonder what the like. I mean, I feel like that shows also a level of commitment of the production of the show that it's a really campy show but those actors must have sat through some serious makeup time and like that can't be comfortable to have to get all of that on and like the amount of hours shooting spent when you have to put on a whole new face for just a couple of scenes you like shout out to the vampires for yeah. giving us yeah. these like the scary <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah and then so finally after this scene that's when we get the iconic now, now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because immediately I was so thankful that the first episode had the Yes. <laughs> I was a little worried it wasn't gonna have it either. And then I was so happy when it started. And I just it really brought me back to like what I remembered about the show. It's just so quintessential 90s. <laughs> and it's like every single weird like sound from like all of them (laughs) (laughs) okay wait side note i did not know this so they're like scrolling through the cast right the cast names whatever of course we have the amazing sarah michelle geller she gets the first kind of credit as the show opens but did you guys realize that cordelia's real name is charisma carpenter yes dude i did know that yeah. Did you guys catch that? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. That was my one takeaway from the, the intro on this rewatch. That's what caught you. What caught your eye. That caught me. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. We come back and Bubby is having a 
fucking sexual prophetic oh dream. Wait, is it sexual? Why is it sexual? I did not get, yeah, I, I don't know. Get I just that. feel like she's like tossing around in her bed. <laughs> All these dark images, dude. I feel like okay. I think that we have different ideas of like <laughs> sexuality <laughs> versus nightmares, like cool nightmares. Yeah. I, feel. I feel like that's what Buffy needs to get off, though. You know, she's been there yeah, a lot. Yeah. I mean, spoiler, but I feel like we do find that out later. But that is accurate <laughs> statement. So I'll say that the first episode has three different times already in the first five minutes that we have a montage of this creepy imagery <laughs> that's really not connected in any way. <laughs> and, you know, I at this point, you know what you're going to expect. You're going to have creepy shit it's gonna be terrifying you don't you can't quite make sense of it but somehow Sarah Michelle Gellar is involved that's all you (laughs) yes and everything is super 90s they do that like you know she after she has her prophetic dream she has to go to high school (laughs) (laughs) and like not only that but like her mom drops her off at the high school which is a standard embarrassing thing for students in film and television shows I think but like the last thing that her name is Joyce right but Joyce says to her is like try not to get kicked out <laughs> but, <laughs> great. <laughs> great okay so this whole episode this episode of the next episode of course they like allude to over and over again that they have this big move potentially because Buffy got kicked out of out of school Dude, they completely and I are referencing like... the movie so basically they pick up immediately after the movie so buffy but got kicked out of... of her school because she burned it down she burned down the gymnasium oh. <laughs> it was full of asbestos Wait, but... dude. she tells the principal she's like it was full of bam- asbestos <laughs> had, to, had to burn it down it was the only choice <laughs> yeah and so she wow. got kicked out of her school, dude. And the, yeah, there's actually a lot of so, references to the movie that I really appreciate. That was the only one I Yeah, but like, what kind of rich family is this? That they're like, okay, time to complete. Like, are there no other schools? Like, anywhere? I know, and like, anywhere. they were living in LA, and now they moved to like this yeah, small town. that's like the biggest city in California. I think there's it's just plenty like of schools. one of those standard, like, now I have a troubled teen, so I have to like move to a small town. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. Okay, so actually this scene is where we, where, where Buffy is getting dropped off at school first time she's super nervous even though she's super hot and she's wearing like a super short skirt very scared that she won't fit in but this is where we meet our cast of characters right so we know Buffy we know she has night terrors we know she has some type of childhood trauma obviously that's like the vibe that we're getting from her and then we see Xander who immediately is creepy as fuck (laughs) dude so creepy (laughs) and at the gate Incel, <laughs> incel vibe. He like, yes, dude. He like skates by and falls and like stares at Buffy. <laughs> like as she walks to school, it's really fucking terrifying. We meet Willow, who's the nerdy version, obviously. Um, we meet Cordelia, who is like a helpful Regina George. Okay, and I'm yeah. pretty yes, sure I that also her... wrote that down. Dude, I'm pretty sure that her pants are velvet. 
yellow oh velvet God. pants <laughs> and it's amazing there's a lot of velvet in this episode i know there is a lot of velvet <laughs> i actually have one note of velvet as well <laughs> dude i also feel like i would pause i would pause take a moment to appreciate that like we have gotten more female characters than male characters at this point which even now is kind of a big deal and in 1997 i feel like was a pretty huge deal and also just like taking a moment to consider how each of the women are showing power because we've seen um the vampire who we later find out her name is darla we have buffy and buffy's mother joyce we've now had willow and cordelia uh, i feel like that is a lot of women who are going to show their power in very different ways and especially cordelia in this episode i feel like even though I guess I won't jump ahead. I feel like especially Cordelia though, though should be she considered. Empowers her, she empowers herself by putting other women down. Totally. When <laughs> Buffy, Buffy makes that comment that like, that's been really nice to me. Her. Yeah. <laughs> and she has like kind of spirit of generosity where like she seems relatively helpful at first and you really don't get the vibe that she's going to suck until she interacts with Willow actually made this note where I was like wow all the hot girls are so nice at this school and then immediately yeah. I was like oh I guess just to other hot girls yes and then dude heavy Regina like, George vibe yeah and then she yes. definitely talked shit about Willow's outfit which I took offense to because I feel like all of Willow's outfits are so much better than anyone else's she has the best outfits I'm making Wait, a stand. I feel like Buffy and Cordelia both dress business casual in high school yeah. it's really fucking weird yeah dude that part that so part is out there i don't know if that's like what 90s high school is like there's a lot of collared <laughs> shirts <dude. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay so now that first like the first segment it's kind of getting us acquainted with our cast of characters just really briefly their relationship to each other and then buffy walks into the library and i thought of course he Styles, who is personally my favorite Dang. character of the whole series. But imagine this. Okay, the scene opens. She walks into the library. The first thing that she sees in the library is a newspaper article that's circled in red that says, Boys still missing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Giles comes out. You know nothing about him. Giles comes out and plops this huge scary vampire book vampire with a wide vampire vampire yeah like if i was buffy i would be so petrified of this guy i would never go back to the library to be very spooky by in the intro showing it in dark shots with like creepy bone montage so i feel like we as the viewer we were all like no not the library <laughs> yeah if if i didn't if this weren't my first watch through i would be like dude he is the murderer like that's the twist <laughs> he's yeah. actually the murderer <laughs> like, I, did, I did my note was come on giles don't creep her out <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dude yeah that was i was oh. like maybe slide into the creepy vampire book you don't have to like immediately throw it in front of her face dude. <laughs> there was no kind of lead into that at all oh. kind of just like... um and i do have a quote here from buffy who later talks about her 
honestly terrifying experience in the library um where she says library the library in giles gives me the wiggins yes i wrote down wiggins too dude can i make a comment on that too that dude literally my notes say that willow says lots of students get the quote unquote wiggins from the library but she <laughs> loves it and i feel like uh-huh. i feel like that helps us man it's i'm a lot of spoilers <laughs> coming out here but i feel like that is because it's the hell mouth and like not only because willow is being is like kind of nerdy and like that's her space where she's comfortable because she is like studious but also because she is like maybe feeling the draw of some magic there and that would be dope dude she's the first she's episode. definitely an undercover goth girlfriend yeah like she just does not know it yet yeah okay and then let's see oh okay so then <laughs> it really they just kind of go for it yeah the debt like, can we talk about the uh dead dude in the locker yeah. scene? oh my god <laughs> so basically these two girls are in the locker room they're obviously gossiping about buffy how she got kicked out of her last school and one of the girls opens her locker and out drops a fully dead guy like <laughs> just falls right on her but the thing is is that the school does not close <laughs> everyone <laughs> remains at school later on in in the scene when buffy finds out that there's a dead guy in the locker she just walks block room and the dead body is just covered just in a blanket <laughs> and no one has contact with the <laughs> yeah and there's not there. even anyone watching covered in a blanket if anyone <laughs> murdered him and then wanted to cover up the evidence they could easily have done it but yeah apparently they weren't concerned about a body that fell out of the locker no, I feel like I would blame home. it on the principal, dude. Principal Flutie is the <laughs> most the most pushover principal that they ever have, and I'll I'll just I'll, I'll leave him to his fate. I feel like he shows that he is like the worst principal ever over and over again until he's not on the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, he so starts off with just, yeah, he starts off with letting this bio like hazard just like pill in the locker room for like until school is over apparently <laughs> yeah he just has no problems going right up to it and like looking at the neck <laughs> um okay so then buffy obviously after seeing this dead body realizing she goes to some type of fucked up school where like <laughs> no one also just i'm sorry really quick before she goes to investigate the body she immediately like pulls her skirt down like as she is turning the corner there's this scene where she like pulls her skirt down and then turns the corner to like go investigate the body because her skirt is so short like out of respect for the death i guess dude (laughs) and also i don't understand why the vampires aren't worried about hiding the dead bodies do they just not give a fuck well i I mean they're fucked yeah, they're from like the 1800s or whatever. It's not like they could ever be. If fingerprints were found or something, like you know, I don't. It's not like they're in any type of system that they could be found out. But I more mean like, don't you think that 
it's easier for them if the whole town doesn't know that there's vampires? Well, I don't think they care. I think that this like, is the Hellmouth, bro. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. I think it's, like, it's literally the Hellmouth, and I feel like crazy shit happens so much after Buffy gets there, and like no authorities. Spoiler: No authorities seem to care. That, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, shit goes down after Buffy gets there, which makes me think that before she got there, and the fact that like Giles was sent there before her, like obviously, um, she was just a pawn, and she was like moved to that place or like drawn to that place by all the crazy shit that was going down. So I think that the town is just used to it, and they're just like, oh, people get fucked up. Yeah. Again, oh, to re to reiterate, yeah. the high school did not call the police. Yeah. Yeah. What a body was found. I don't. I think that they know that this town is like fucked up, desensitized to like people up. showing up with like bite marks on their neck. <laughs> and I think we could we should revisit this when we get to talking about the end of the second episode. Okay. And yeah. like remember how people react. Then. Yes, yeah. And that's we should true. Like, revisit true. this this whole process. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. Okay, so Buffy sees a dead body and she's super pissed because she just wants to be like a normal girl and have her senior year or whatever and like worry about prom, but there's already bodies falling out of lockers. So who does she run to? She runs to the creepy librarian Giles. And where they have a super candid conversation about Buffy being a vampire slayer, just yeah. like you say it. And Twist Sander is the library. Yes, here's everything. And, and that library is so small. How did Giles not know that theater? Yeah, like he obviously it's walked in. Room. Don't you have to sign in and out <laughs> of the library? <laughs> that was amazing. In our first depiction of like the hell now? Yeah, Maybe? the sleepover oh, lake. Sleepover <laughs> lake. Sleepover. The master. Yeah. Yes, dude. And it looked okay. So the depiction of like like the layer i guess like the vampire layer it looks like the pirates of the caribbean <laughs> <laughs> that's what i have right here dude and there's just like so many candles lit all the time and i feel like who's buying more candles i don't understand how they're keeping the hell mouth properly lit Maybe they're making them out of people because they have to like bring people down to feed the master because he can't get out. And then like they don't eat that body. They got. I feel like I'm sure that they're resourceful. Would that. Vampires yeah. would hella do that. They sure. probably use all of the parts of their kill. Mm, yeah, they actually seem too snooty to do that. You know, I don't know. This guy's been stuck underground. Seems like he's been stuck under that specific place for like three decades. At some point, you yeah. lose your snootiness. Or you get someone else to do it for you, right? You could burn human candles. You probably just wouldn't make them yourself. Yeah. You would get your like well, they worker would vamps have, to do like, it. Yeah, like the working class. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the lower <laughs> class vampire. I assume there's a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, dude. This guy's literally called the master. master. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like he's definitely sending people up to like bring him. Right, but okay, I guess but okay, yeah. So that's what's going on. We haven't. Had yeah, this no. is just it's we just see, sleep a little like sleep like sleep yeah <laughs> it's kind of just like the, the guy who ends up called luke which is like the scary okay, yeah. main guy he's kind of just like chilling underground and i appreciate <laughs> how he has scary. i appreciate how he has a biblical name 
Oh, totally. <laughs> he is, dude. I definitely wrote down how biblical Bill was. It was like very revelations feeling, and he was the most. And I, I don't feel like any of the other vampires carry that particular vibe with them. They're like old timey kind of, and like obviously have been like dead and underground for a while. But he had a very apocalyptic, religious, like die dialogue going on yeah and that was weird but I, I guess you're right i didn't realize that he had a biblical name also that totally fits <laughs> yeah that fits with his aesthetic so okay. then we have buffy getting ready to go clubbing okay at I the know bronze like, <laughs> what? what yeah the bronze are they? They're not drinking. This they're not she's, drinking. She's drinking later. Is it? <laughs> no, dude. I think she has. I don't think she's drinking alcohol though. They're getting okay. coffee later on. It's like a cafe, but I feel like they're drinking like Shirley Temples and shit. You know? Shirley yeah, they're temples, drinking right. sodas. Okay. Yeah, because they're sixteen. But she still has to pay. She like had to pay a cover to get in because the bronze so this always is has like, like a- surprisingly good live. Music. yeah like, what the hell i have that noted too yeah Japan. dude There's i like literally wrote good. that down like <laughs> what the fuck how is your music being hella good like i just think now. it's weird that the small town has an under 18 club right like that's it's really hella weird, weird. <laughs> that's something that that's something that like he lied to us about that was well, i don't know i feel like like under 18 clubs were way in more in the 90s or maybe like i was just under 18 then so i knew about them maybe there are just as many now but dude my under 18 club in san jose was like nickel city after dark (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna talk about her outfit choices okay yeah so okay what (laughs) what is with her outfit i feel like she's either going on a run or is gonna like paint the nursery or something yeah. it looked like a weird combination of like because okay so for everyone listening she's wearing a like white like tank top like weird tank top undershirt and like over it she has on this like baby blue too big for her like collared it almost looked like a boyfriend collared shirt, but like for a lady size at the same time. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> She's ready to go to the bronze and debut the bronze and debut this amazing outfit. And what happens while she's walking there? <laughs> Dude, she's, she's getting followed. <laughs> she's getting followed. But she, like a badass like holds her body completely upside down <laughs> on a bar i think that buffy's made of abs basically. dude can we talk about that olympic dismount that she did <laughs> <laughs> it's like where does she have the setup at home to even practice that <laughs> dude can we also talk about how her strength seems to hella come and go like remember that she does that and then like think later when you see her try to fight somebody it's like what what fuck if you could hold your body literally that upright <laughs> yeah i don't really understand her powers but we'll keep touching on that every time they come up they are very confusing <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and then i also feel like angel okay so okay then, so she does an olympic yeah, dismount yeah, back into like a perfect a, a perfect 
I would like if you're watching it was definitely a Simone Biles like Olympic gold like perfect dismount she was totally balanced when her feet hit the ground it was absolutely amazing um and she knocks over a dude right anonymous shadow covered guy uh which ends up being we later find out is Angel and my first thought of seeing Angel is, I always forget how hot he is. He's so hot. My first thought was that too. Was literally, he is so hot. Dude. Disagree. I feel like my first thought is always, my first thought is always, I can't believe how much people think this guy is hot. Like every time I'm like, this guy is not that hot. And Wait, what kills it for you? So what kills it for you? I don't know. Dude. I don't know. Is it I've... the stalking? The stalking part? Maybe it's this doctor, dude. He's and he isn't, <laughs> he isn't very communicative, which is not a good thing. But I feel like literally just the first time he comes on screen, even I'm always just like, Ugh. as a male lead, I would not have picked this dude because I do not find him attractive. Wow. I'm definitely I know. So just jumping in that unpopular opinion, David Boreanis or whatever yeah. Boreanis. <laughs> Um, I will watch a whole show dedicated to you, but I I never thought you were hot. Sorry. Yeah. I only feel like he gets hotter too. Like I think in the Angel yes. show, he's like even hot. That's his peak. He's way more buff. Like right in this show, he's hot, but he's like not as buff as he gets in like the next season. Well, so, also like... in the nineties, it's cool to wear like really oversized, like <laughs> your dad's suit jacket. You know. I wrote it is a velvet I'm pretty sure his coat is velvet that's what yeah. I wrote Dude, yeah I was like is he wearing a velvet suit coat <laughs> I'm pretty he sure definitely is. <laughs> he is yeah yeah very smooth I don't understand like is it because he's old and it's like an old-timey renaissance period velvet suit <laughs> Is this like a '90s fashion? You know, like yes, I think so. Do you remember how much velvet Phoebe wore on Friends? Like, I don't want me to come back. But I feel like a suit jacket. (laughs) Yeah, yes, I think because I saw velvet three separate times on three separate characters. So, dude, like I think it's just peak '90s fashion. Like, I I think that was fully acceptable. I like it. <laughs> That's a fashion choice, yeah. Okay, um, so this like apparent dream boat gets knocked to the ground by all abs Buffy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then then what do we get? We get a they title drop. Title drop of the episode. We get a title drop. Oh nice. So very... welcome to the hell now. Yep. Well he actually oh, says the mouth of hell. Oh <laughs> makes way more sense. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and then he also says the harvest, which is the next episode title. Mm-hmm. He's also very cryptic and gives no information whatsoever. <laughs> He's like not Dude. helpful at all. <laughs> so he says something weird. He says, I'm a friend, but not yours. <laughs> which is like wait i don't think they ever revisit that statement ever again i don't think he has connections to anyone in her life that is positive well later in the episode she definitely makes the comments of like have you ever something like have you ever 
tried to have friends before and he makes like a super sad face yeah. and silent. Like they well, definitely make it obvious he does not have friends. He does not have friends. He does not can have I friends. Drop, so I think can I drop an angel spoiler? Angel spoiler one time real quick that um He's a vampire we know. Dude, big spoiler, big spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that fucking um Darla is the vampire created angel. That's so right. that blonde vampire from the very beginning was his like lover and like main part of his crew and the person who like turned him into a vampire whenever that was I can't remember 1800 1900 something old timey times so I feel like that is like maybe trying to reference that when she asks if he can have friends and like maybe that's whose friend he's trying to say he is that he knows that Buffy is in trouble because he Ooh. like ran with Darla for so long but then uh-huh. I definitely don't recap on that until the spinoff so Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I really Very like, appreciate how all that shit goes down and immediately she's like, oh, gotta get to the club. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine being stalked and like fighting a guy and then being like, okay, I'm gonna go back Wait, to my Like this must be the place. place. <laughs> <laughs> he gives her he gives her a present first oh, though, that's right? right. Like is actually becomes a big deal in the next episode. So he like gives her a chunky ass crucifix dude. netflix oh yeah. it's so Genius. big it's huge it's like dude, it's so big it's outrageous and when she's it's... holding it she's wearing one of those globe rings yes <laughs> i think it's a mood ring. ring yeah <laughs> it's everything is so chunky <laughs> he definitely knew what her style was gonna be but yeah i can like <laughs> gift her gifts her a chunky crucifix crucifix netflix that i think we see her wearing does he get it after that? Do you think he got it at Claire's? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't actually realize how Jeff Goldberg he truly is. Because he stalks, he night stalks her, gives her a cryptic message, and then gives her a gift, and then walks into the shadows. Like, that is full sociopath, like, stalker <laughs> yeah. status. Like, yes. run, girl, run, red <laughs> fucking flag. She doesn't even tell anyone about it. <laughs> no, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, yes, I would definitely tell both of you like immediately. <laughs> Do you think that if you didn't know he was a vampire already, you would have picked it up from the like I don't bite line? Um, I think I would have at least picked up that he knew that she who she was. Yeah. And then he like has the, he looks like all the other vampires you know with like, the, like dark gothic like, clothing yeah and he like the square jawline <laughs> so dude he's a yeah he wears full chris angel clothes like that it, it's he's clearly a vampire <laughs> dude chris angel would definitely wear that necklace <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and her chunky ring i think yes yes and her chunky boot so yeah okay so she's like all right gotta go back to club gotta go to the bronze and then she just walks in just some fucking prog rock going hard like 90s rock and roll dudes with dreads (laughs) and then she sees willow there and so like did i did i just miss did she invite willow or just no just chill there alone weird for her character she honestly. was gonna meet xander and xander didn't show up okay 
Oh, he she's there waiting. Correct. She's there waiting for Xander. Okay, oh. so she just and that's doesn't why like chill there. there alone because that was correct. Weird. Yeah, that would be weird. But no, she's like just waiting for Xander to get there. Cool. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I did think that was weird for her character. I was like, wouldn't you rather be studying somewhere <laughs> than here than hanging out here with everyone that hates you? Apparently, in high school. Dude, she was like yeah you know i haven't really dated in a while <laughs> that immediately made me like yeah because you're gay <laughs> yeah dude. don't worry you'll figure spoilers, it out spoilers 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 gay witch. Out, Willow. gay witch stuff coming your way spoilers yeah we'll get there she's gotta she's gotta get through a little uh seth green first <laughs> we'll yeah yeah, don't we all? Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about that thing. Dude, spoilers, spoilers, Holy that's bringing in the show. I cannot wait. You, you were right, Christy. Angel is not the hottest guy on the show. Dude, am I really right? It's it definitely is definitely well, I don't know, dude. I have a huge spike thing, except for <laughs> that he gets Ew. rapey, dude. Spoiler that he's rapey, but... Dude, spike has so. that, like, Eminem hair. Dude, I love <laughs> me a douchey guy. I can't help it. I love Spike. <laughs> okay, I... Yeah, can we hold that thought? Can we table the love of the douchey guy? Because apparently Cordelia also has that love. Um, and we can talk about that later. Um, okay, yeah, so yeah. love it, love it. Who okay. else does, she, does Buffy spy? Okay, so she goes to talk to Giles, and who is he, there? Randomly he, creepy, yeah, which is also weird. There, and he goes, "I would rather be at home with a cup of Borville." Okay, so do you guys know? <laughs> yeah, what talk about what Borville is. is. No, what is it? So Borville is the trademark name of a thick and salty meat extract paste phenomenal Ew. that sounds wonderful i knew it was I gonna would... be some disgusting british shit dude fucking <laughs> nasty shit dude ew it just sounds like a naked um instead of a naked burrito it sounds like a naked pie i feel like i would do that dude that sounds fine <laughs> i feel like it's just like if you made <clears throat> some broth out of a bouillon square and then you're like hmm gonna drink that you guys remember <laughs> you guys remember in charlie and the chocolate factory where he gets home and he's like oh what's for dinner mom and she's like cabbage water <laughs> and he's like not again mom that's what i imagined that borville dude no borville would have been a treat to charlie dude he would have been like oh like- my god is it is it holiday <laughs> knows about her sex dreams and they are not <laughs> they are night terror dude they are night terrors to us but to buffy she <laughs> wakes up wet <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> okay, okay so like randomly cordelia cordelia is talking to her like group right and she says this thing about how like epstein bar like, okay, what her. is that okay what dude is- it's herpes <laughs> i swear to me wait you like wait wait kind of share what does she say again with the people with the people what's the scene okay so cordelia is kind of like in a circle with 
her other her like croonies or whatever and she's just talking about how like the doctor said that it's epstein bar, but she was like i it can't be that i hope it's not that like no one cool has epstein bar anymore and then she like rattles off some other she was like maybe it's like hepatitis or like rattles off some <laughs> other weird illnesses and so yeah i feel like that's basically cordelia's talking about how she has herpes but she doesn't want it because no one cool has herpes anymore <laughs> wait wow. so when did epstein bar like is that what it was called in old time or like so why? it's kind of like more of a general name for um like the general virus of okay yeah so it's one of it's a typical it's a virus in the herpes family mm. and it's one it's the one that's the most common virus in humans okay so it's like the most common one i'm pretty sure it's the one where like you test positive if you've ever even had like a cold sore like it's that okay one. it's that okay one. okay got it yeah so. so spoiler that cordelia has her views, as we all do because it is very common what kind of life have you really lived <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> that's true it's definitely a rite of passage these days <laughs> yeah, we've all either got herpes or fucking whatever the other one is cervical cancer. oh hpv yeah we definitely we all have hpv anyways okay so um that's kind so of all the cool kids so that's kind of like what cordelia's talking about also like side note this jesse guy looks like everyone i've ever dated <laughs> <laughs> it's so true holy shit oh my god okay so backstory on jesse when we're meeting the cast of characters at the beginning of this episode he is like the most glossed over person he has like maybe a five second cameo and don't connect with him on an emotional level at all as a character <laughs> you just know that he's friends with Xander. <laughs> that's all that you know about him <laughs> it's like all they give us he's just some like weird skater bro <laughs> 90s yeah. bro yeah and, like bro. maybe he has also kind of his cell vibe because he comes up on cordelia and her friends and obviously yeah. like i fully respect that she gives off heavy regina george vibes and maybe we don't love her for that but she's still just hanging out with her friends and jesse comes up and like mm -hmm. gets in her face and like tries to be kind of sleazy and convince her to come out and i don't know i feel like he also has that like xander level of vibes where we wouldn't call him the creepy rapey dude like the guy at the beginning of the episode but he's still pretty he's still a cause of discomfort as a rewatch yeah he definitely levels up his creepiness later but yeah. yeah um okay and then so then we go to like the balcony of the bronze and giles is up there with buffy and he's like can't you see any vampires in here like <laughs> use your senses and she's like oh there's one he has his sleeves rolled up on his suit and <laughs> no one's done that since the 80s so he's definitely a vampire dude and then he is <laughs> and then he is and then he is and who is he with though fucking willow and yes. i am sad for her because i feel like they set her up to be like she hasn't had a date in a while you know like she's feeling kind of thirsty 
at the club, you know, and this dude with cool kind of bitches, rolled up sleeves, rolled up sleeves <laughs> talking to her. And well, you know she is has an eye, natural eye for fashion. And so she's talking to him and he immediately takes her to the alley. <laughs> How well, are you not okay, wait, wait, two things on that. So at first, Willow is only talking to him because her, when her and Buffy talked, I actually really liked this because Buffy gives her advice, but first she asks Willow if she wants advice. Oh, so yeah. the line she says is, well, my philosophy, do you want to hear my philosophy? Which I loved and just made me love Buffy so much and make her even more a foil character of our Regina George character here, Cordelia. <laughs> um, and I loved that. But she tells her, live in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so when Giles and Buffy see Willow and Giles asks what she's doing, Buffy kind of puffs, living in the moment or seizing the moment or something. And I think the reason that she immediately goes out to the alley is because she thinks that the guy is taking her out of the loud club to, to the an ice, ice cream, cream shop. <laughs> yeah, cream to bar. the ice cream bar. Yeah. And that is how she convinces poor Sweet Willow to leave the under 18 club with him. She's like, this isn't the way to the ice cream bar. And he's like, yeah. it's a shortcut <laughs> through the graveyard. He says, I know a shortcut and pants the graveyard and I'm like how long is Willow gonna follow this dude dude a long time is the answer and then I love how okay Buffy finds out Willow's gone right like kind of simultaneously Buffy's chasing after her as we get these scenes of like Willow and the creepy vampire kind of like taking her to the graveyard and here we get the first scene of Buffy like randomly breaking a wooden stake off of some structure and like yeah. using that as her stake like she just <laughs> takes something she and created it with it the leg of a chair it was creative yeah so good she oh yeah gets then, that and it's like when like, she's talking to cordelia right yeah and you, we yeah. get that what is your childhood trauma <laughs> which i kind of oh my God, we so need good. to make that a thing again and also <laughs> yeah. Should that be our title? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an episode title. I think that's something about that. No, that, that is so funny. I actually have that in my notes too. The what is your childhood trauma in quotes? That was amazing. No, that is a phrase that I think now, especially in the climate we're in now, that we all are so comfortable with talking about what our childhood traumas are. So I think God, you can totally. actually just sincerely ask people that. <laughs> when it like just you. shows that you care. Yeah. I love that. That was the, that was Cordelia's line of the episode for sure for me, hands down. Yeah, so amazing. And then like, okay, so all of this is kind of happening at the same time. We're getting like crossover scenes of, um, you know, we get we're getting Hello. crossover scenes of the fucking master. Do we master. see the master for the first time? So he's yeah. like born of blood, right? <laughs> it's like goo. It's like weird goo. He comes out of goo, and he looks like Voldemort with the nose. Dude, and honestly, it's so homoerotic. Like, <laughs> it is. It is. Like, a lot of the interaction with Luke is very sexual. Yeah, like sure. he really takes it there, dude. There's so yeah. many scenes where I just feel like Luke definitely sucks this guy's dick. 
Yeah, for sure. He's well. At least he's been waiting for a long time since the 1800s. Yeah, he has to, to... blow some dust off that knob, dude. <laughs> okay, and at one point though, I wrote down the master tells Luke, "Bring me something young." Yeah, yes, yes dude, so creepy, <laughs> so creepy. Yikes! That was actually disgusting. <laughs> um. So what is? What do his servants do? They go and they find these kids who are obviously 16. They're all clearly in the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, they go to the under 18 club to make sure that they're young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so them. so Willow fall, follows the role that these guys into the rape into chamber. A, <laughs> into a random crib. How yeah. the fuck? And then five seconds later, Buffy's there. Like, how did they find out which it was? Dude, because of her powers, obviously. Do you think so? <laughs> I just, at this point, dude, I don't <laughs> understand her powers at all. So anytime I'm unsure about something, I just feel like it just must be a power she has. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Her powers. So she can find out if, like, someone is about to be, like, non-consensually attacked. Like, yeah, she can smell it, dude. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then so now we're in, like in the final five minutes of the episode. It ends in the most iconic Buffy way possible with an amazing fight scene with lots of punching and kicking sound yeah. effects. Yeah, and yes. also a lot of Buffy grunting. <laughs> <laughs> she does so many spin kicks and then she's always just like ready you know she has her like arms up dude like ready to fight and i just feel like who taught her this i just feel like we really missed out on like a montage of buffy like learning how to use her powers well i feel like she she doesn't even really know how to use them yet though right because like that's what Giles is trying to tell her is that she's not ready yet, and yeah, that she maybe she has all this like proper form. <laughs> she he needs... totally does. He literally. I think does. he does that's later in the yeah, series. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think okay. Do okay. that's literally what he does. Okay, that's yeah. his job. I'm really thirsty for a montage of Buffy. There will be one okay. in the musical episode. We, you have to wait we for already time. had three montages in this episode of Nightmare. Yeah, just don't be thirsty. <laughs> yeah, there's not a workout montage for a long time. But okay. it does show that he does train her. And I think that, so earlier when I was saying that like, it's, it's crazy that she can just hold herself up on that bar. She obviously has all this crazy raw strength. But she can't overpower Luke. She, like, is able yeah. to beat the crap out of Darla kind of outrageously easily. Yeah. And the other kind of, like, pawn vampire guy who doesn't get a name, I think, right. that she fights him really pretty easily. But Luke is this vampire who's all jacked and yeah. she can't overpower him. Like, like, I was something. gonna say, yeah, do we think it's because he is like the master's like lover or whatever? Well, I right? think he, like, he becomes the chosen one officially in the next, in the next episode, episode, episode. But not right. in, in this one, he hasn't yet. I think that maybe it's, I don't know, I couldn't decide if it was that the show hadn't really ironed out the details of what Buffy's powers were yet or if it's supposed to be that Buffy hasn't learned how to control her raw strength as a slayer yet because she hasn't had a watcher to train her on the technique. She just has this like power that she doesn't know how to use. 
but I'm either th- way, thinking, it was a weird. Yeah, I'm taking it more as like she thought that she was tough shit because she was able to fight like Hollywood LA vampires one at a time, but now she's fully in the hell mouth, like fighting at like the master's right hand guys mm-hmm, and gals. Mm-hmm. And they are much stronger than what she's used to. And mm-hmm. like I like that. Um, so I think that as time goes on, as she kind of gets used to like the scene in Sunnydale and she that's I think because I think later on she has like the realization of like she real it is kind of amateur hour at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean she's using like chair legs and shit and branches <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does isn't really fully like there as a player yet. It's not polished. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, this is also the first time that we hear the dust scream noise. Oh my god, it's <laughs> yes. so good. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Iconic. Yes, seriously. I want that to be like my tone ring or like text tone or something. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just like <sighs> I can't even do it. Yeah, <laughs> so this episode ends abruptly with a to be continued we have buffy she's in a tomb she is pinned down by luke he's saying some crazy out there esoteric shit alluding to the end of the world and we get the big 90s white block letter font to be continued and then and then we have the outro um so jen mentioned that this originally was meant to be one long giant Scorsese-esque two-hour episode um and I think it becomes really obvious when episode two starts literally at the yeah. same <laughs> that it closed <laughs> Hey everyone, this is post-recording editing Jen, and we're going to go ahead and stop here and talk about the harvest in our next episode. We hope you've enjoyed this wild ride with us so far and will continue listening. We're so excited to take this journey with all of you to all the dark corners Sunnydale has to offer and to explore Joss Whedon's strong female characters. I personally can't wait to see what else Buffy uses as a makeshift stake. So please tell everyone you know to check out this podcast, especially those friends out there who love Buffy. Thank you, and hopefully you'll be listening soon. Bye! This episode was created and recorded by Amanda Kelly, Chris Rath, and Jen Rath. It was edited by Jen Rath. Our theme music is by Daniel Nico and James Bassa. Thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>